Hello and welcome to Speak Your Truth and Look Good Doing It podcast. My name is Camila, or as you've seen me online, Maria Camila. I'm a brand strategist, photographer, and videographer. This work is about amplifying the visibility of conscious leaders and brands who are wanting to leave this world better than they found it. This podcast is about letting ourselves be seen, both physically and spiritually, and highlighting the nuances we experience as we are growing both personally and professionally. Thank you for being here, and let's go ahead and dive in. Hi there, welcome back to the podcast. Always a delight to have you here, and my name is Camila, and I'm a brand photographer, videographer, strategist for entrepreneurs. Those that want to be seen, I think you probably already heard it in my intro, uh, but yeah, I've this podcast is going to be about just the evolution of my work and aha moments that I've been having. Now, before we get into that, if you are located in New York City and you've been wanting to work together, uh, go ahead and connect with me by booking a call or shoot me a DM on Instagram if you have any questions. I'm going to be there March 2nd to the 10th and Miami got all booked up. Yay, excited for that. And then, yeah, I've been really excited about doing this kind of work with people because the photo shoots are starting to become more interesting, more in-depth, and that makes it super exciting for me. And that's actually what this podcast is going to be about. So let's get right into it. Um, okay, now today's date is January 23. So if you go back to my Instagram, or actually if you go to my website right now, you'll see that there's a photo of myself that I uploaded and this probably is not a big deal to you, but I'm letting you know so you can see what I'm saying. But there's a photo of me. I did it with the wet hair look. And it's just a photo shoot that I did on myself. I actually, I taught myself photography and I learned so much more when I started photographing myself. And let me tell you, there are angles. Everybody has different angles that work for them. And... Yeah, I, I learned so much about angles and the camera can pick up different things that the mirror doesn't because the way cameras are built. And anyways, so I spend time photographing myself all the time and I learn new techniques. I learn how to coach people. I learn just how to be in front of the camera, how to play with it, how to line up with it. And I'm, and I'm also getting a perspective of how is this photo turning out? as I'm shooting it and as I'm seeing how the way I position myself looks uh, behind the lens. So did a photo shoot on myself and I just had a concept because I lately I've been wanting to channel more of sexy vibes but it's less I don't even like the word sexy it's just more of being very beautiful and not being relatable. I'm wanting to tap into the side of myself that's more, it's not even my higher self, it's my, my beautiful self that she's not always approachable, she repels insecure people, <laughs> and I say this because when you really know yourself, when you know that you're hot shit, and you know it, 
uh, you're not as impressionable, and it really keeps away insecure people, insecure people that don't know how to be in your presence because they either they feel too intimidated by you. But people that know how to play with that energy. That's how I think of that version of myself. And I know you, listener, also have that version of yourself, whether you want to admit it to me or not. And anyway, so that photo shoot was tapping into that side of myself that she she's not relatable. She's, I don't want to say she's bitchy, but she she like knows what's up. She's smart. She knows herself. She is not humble. And she also understands photography she also understands technique she's a very detail oriented and it's it's her she she is a, she's very strict with how the images need to come out because she understands technique and it's more than just getting a certain type of photo it's about getting the photo because there's a specific look we're trying to nail and the makeup is very on point the lighting is very on point. The hair, everything is very on point, very intentional. And anyways, I was able to produce a few images. And when I look back at those images, I'm just like, <sighs> I, I immediately feel imposter syndrome. And I was starting to feel like, whoa, I don't even look like this all the time. I look like this only a sliver of the time because most of the time I'm in very comfortable clothes. My hair is poofy and wavy. I don't really wear makeup and I'm in sweats most of the time because I work from home and I stay at home so much of the time. So when I looked at that photo of myself, the thoughts I kept having was, I'm so fake. I even wrote it down. I did this whole journaling situation about it but my literally my instincts were you're so fake you're gonna confuse your audience you don't even know what you're doing what are you even doing looking all like with wet hair when you are talking to conscious entrepreneurs this isn't even gonna resonate with them and I'm telling you my mind was going crazy and then something that as I dug deep in trying to understand the discomfort because this is the key about entrepreneurship or really about life but in entrepreneurship in order for you to make the big bucks and make the impact that you want to make you got to dig deep when you're having big emotions and so I was starting to dig deep and I'm asking myself why does it bother me so much like I love this image so much and I love that girl that I see in the photos but I almost feel like I'm lying because I'm not even her all the time I'm like my scrubby self 90% of the time and so much of my work is about being one person online and offline and I truly was very conflicted about showing these images because all I kept thinking was who do you think you are and then as I kept digging deeper I realized you know what these images when I see myself in this way it makes me feel like I am the oppressor. And I heard this in another podcast, somebody else that was referring to it as far as in a different area of their life. But I realized that I experienced these thoughts of I'm going to be like the oppressor because I'm a person that, yes, I'm Latina, but I am a, like racially, I am white. And a lot of my features are very Eurocentric features, like my nose, 
and my jawline, maybe not my cheekbones, but my eyes, my skin, my nose, my lips, my hair, my even like my body frame. I'm a very like skinny white girl. <laughs> and I I realized that I have downplayed my appearance and I have downplayed being too beautiful. I even feel weird saying that because there's other girls that are way more beautiful. Everyone's beautiful in their own way. But see that voice that's coming up again? That I'm, it, you, You're going to start to hear it. And <laughs> I'm coming to you live as I'm processing this. But because of that, that's why I believe that this podcast has a lot of value because I'm in the moment. Anyways, and I have downplayed my appearance and I have downplayed being pretty and I have downplayed just really stepping into that version of myself out of fear of being like the oppressor and when I say the oppressor some of you may not like this but I am referring to the careless privileged white girl who does not care about anyone but the people that look just like her who whenever she hears talks about injustice in the world she plays like she's a damsel in distress and she just cannot possibly handle hearing the wrath hearing the just the intense the intensity and the terrible things that happen in this world and it's almost like she just doesn't want to also look at herself and understand how she is complicit of upholding white supremacy values. That's what I think of when I think when I say the oppressor, that's who I think of. And I, I came to realize that growing up, I was socialized as white girl. <laughs> and I a lot of my friends were also some majority were white girls and I realized that there is a part of me that does identify with being white girl but there's also the part of me that does not identify at all with being white girl with being an immigrant I'm not even first generation I'm literally an immigrant and I when I look at my parents they look we look super Latino you know my parents have a heavy accent I speak Spanish at home and this is a huge part of my identity but yeah, I. these are the thoughts that were coming up when I was looking at that photo of myself. And I think there was a part of me for a long time that I felt like I was inadequate to even serve other women of color because of my privilege. And it's something that I've had, I've had to really work through because I had this fear that I'm like, I don't want to harm them with my ignorance. And that those are thoughts that very heavy thoughts that I used to have early in my business. And there are things that I have worked out now just because I've become friends with just a lot of very incredible, amazing women of color and people that walk different parts, different walks of life. And then on top of that, um, I just, I came to realize that when my intentions are pure, that's all I can trust. And it has me thinking too, another lesson that came with this is a lot of times we think, and this is very common in social justice environments of uh, impact versus intention and how even if your intentions were good, but the impact was not, then you kind of have to suck it up and 
the focus needs to be on the person who was harmed, which there is a, a, definitely a part of me that agrees with that. Although I've come to realize that this human experience is just way more nuanced than that. There are way more details to this human experience that these little rules and norms we set for ourselves in our society, they're to be handled on a case-by-case basis. And one of them is that if your intentions are pure, then things are going to work out all right for you if you have pure, genuine intentions. Even if you fuck it up, even if you cause harm to someone else, if your intentions are pure, yes, you do have to take ownership. And at the same time, you, you're not done for. If you have pure intentions, then that means you also have the ability to understand and see better and do better. And those are things I've had to learn and to grow into in my work as an entrepreneur, especially the type of entrepreneur that I am really focused on being not being a menace to society, but actually being good for the world. That's kind of an intense word, but you get what I mean. So anyways, going back to the photo shoot, I was looking at those photos of myself and I realized that I, I was thinking about my messaging and the kind of work that I do. And I came to realize that Yes, my work is for conscious entrepreneurs, which is the calm, the no makeup, the laid back type of vibe person. Although my work is also for the person that is a little high end. She really likes really nice things. She likes trying new concepts. And the photography is more in a studio where it looks more fashion like and more high-end editorial where it's not always relatable it's more iconic it's more expansive it's more aspirational it's more of I think vogue type of stuff and there is a part of me that really enjoys doing that type of work and but there's a part of me that I denied that aspect of myself for a long time because for the same reason I didn't want to be like the oppressor And I also found myself in a lot of spaces that are like beauty spaces, fashion spaces or fashion photography or the whole influencer world. And I found that there there was a lot of cattiness in those environments. And because of that cattiness, I didn't feel like I belonged in those spaces. It always felt like there was so much trash talk and gossiping and just rude and mean girl energy in those spaces And I just didn't, I didn't resonate with that line of work. And so that's why I chose my niche to be conscious entrepreneurship. Like people are very heart-led. Although I've come to realize that my work isn't also for the person that wears no makeup. My work is also for the iconic girlies, the ones that really love to create amazing things. So as I processed all my feelings of all the mind chatter, all the things that I didn't want to be, I then started thinking more intentionally. And I thought to myself, well, what story do I want to tell myself that is more of an empowering story? And I also wanted to share the story because I know a lot of my clients, when they get their content back, they think to themselves, "Uh, this is big boss energy. I am not this person or the imposter syndrome feelings really come up and it feels uncomfortable to expand to those horizons and or some people maybe feel this way when they talk about how much money they made 
the it's almost like I, the the first thought that I think is is like, man, will I ever measure up to being that good again? And that's self sabotage, because you're worthy no matter what, and all these outside external things, they just are and they can be neutral but you've always been worthy regardless of how much money you make regardless of your performance and whether you're an athlete entrepreneur whatever it is that you are that you're getting measured in your perform- performance in some type of way it's so important to remember that you've always been worthy and to not put yourself worth on those things so anyways I was looking back at that photo of myself And when I started thinking intentionally, I started telling myself, practice what you preach, and this is what your brand is about. It's when you bring two different worlds and create your own lane. Yes, you can be iconic and you can be heart-centered. You can be both. You can be chic and fun and upscale and care about the well-being of society. And you get to show people what's possible when you own your sexy and also put it out there when with what you want for the world and you get to be both. And I was also thinking about who are some expanders? Who is someone that I can think of that they are so iconic, they create really cool, fun photo shoots, they're so high end, they're so smart, they're so cool, but they're also smart. They're not people that only care about themselves they're actually people that are amplifying the voices of people who are out there you know in the community moving our society forward and I started thinking was Julia Fox (laughs) and Julia Fox was that expander for me there was a few others that I wrote down but the one that really stood out for me was Julia Fox because she's such a babe and but she's so weird and everything that she does is so weird and she wears these outfits that are so weird But I love that she owns her weirdness and her beauty, but she doesn't make it her whole personality. She's so honest about how she feels about men or how she feels about um, just, just society in general. And you can just tell that she's not an idiot, that she's really smart and tapped into what's happening in the world. But at the same time, she owns her weirdness and she owns the weird ways that she does her makeup and she owns just her body and her whole being and being a mother. And it just has me thinking that sometimes we put ourselves in these tiny boxes and we just sign a contract silently in our heads about the things that we can do and we can't do. And I think the best part about being a woman in 2024 is that you can be whatever the hell you want to be because you decided to. (laughs) is that simple. When you decide that you get to be like for me, I get to be a conscious entrepreneur. I get to really care about the well-being of society and marginalized people and amplifying those voices, amplifying in my own voice. I get to be that and I get to have nice things. I get to love luxurious things. I get to feel beautiful. I get to be iconic and create work that is iconic and create work that can be extra for some people. And that makes me a leader. And it's also not taking away from anybody, but instead it is inspiring other people to also be whatever it is that they want to be. And I think a lie that our head tells us is that if we 
shine too bright, then we're going to be taking away from somebody. And oh, that's just, that's something that I truly have had to work through immensely. That if I shine too bright, I'm taking up too much space. But the truth is, especially in business, you got to shine bright because that's how you become a pillar of strength for clients to trust in you. You got to shine bright because that's what demonstrate that you know what you're doing. I was having this conversation with a friend of mine who it's her story is actually pretty incredible, but she recently decided to so crazy. She decided to enroll to a coaching program and she paid a pretty hefty. Let's just say she paid five figures to join a coaching program and she is so kind hearted. She's so spiritual. She's so empathetic. She has the biggest heart. And I actually, and this is, this is on me. This is my assumption, my drama, but I made a small assumption that she was going to be a people pleaser, or she's just a person that she just kind of trust anyone. And anyways, we start talking about coaching and I'm always, obviously I'm like so big. If you've listened to my podcast, you know how big I am on mentorship And I always talk about like the effects and the positive impact that mentorship has had in my life. So I was telling her about that. And she was telling me, hey, I'm about to get this money and get this opportunity. And I think I want to sign up for mentorship. And she was telling me how she was interviewing different types of coaches out there. And one of the things that she mentioned to me was that she was on a sales call with a potential coach. And she said, I sense that the potential coach, it was something about the like money related or the payment plan, but it was something like just pay however much you can pay and just giving her a lot of leeway on how much she could pay. And one of the things that she said, my friend, was I was almost like not drawn to that. I was not drawn to the person who just seemed like they were not firm on their boundaries and how they run their business, even though they're doing it, thinking that they're being of service to the community. But that's not really expansive for me. And then they, she interviewed another coach who the other coach has the boundaries. They have the prize. They're like, this is my prize. Take it or leave it. But this is, this is what I can do. And she ended up going with the other coach where it, the price point, I think, was higher. And then not just that, it was, there wasn't even a payment plan. She just straight up paid in full. And one of the things that really, really stood out to me was that when you, when you hire a service provider, but the service provider is almost too relatable and they're not owning their expertise enough, that doesn't create, that doesn't make you approachable to clients. If anything, that's making you, making the clients doubt you. You don't want to be too relatable sometimes. Because I think about it as in when someone has, let's say, an addiction or just a, a problem. Like, for instance, if I have a money problem, I don't want to hire someone else who has the same money problems that I do. I want to hire someone who has better money habits or they have made more money, that they're more advanced on the journey. They don't necessarily need to be tens and thousands and millions away from me, but they do need to have more stability in regards to this problem uh, than me. 
And I learned that lesson immensely by seeing my friend that I'm thinking, oh, she's going to go with the cheaper coach. She's just going to go with a person who's not as intense. And no, she ended up going with the coach that's like, even if that person triggers me, that person is going to rise me up. That person's going to level me up with their presence. And I'm telling you this story because it has me thinking about getting our content back or doing a photo shoot or doing something really big and sometimes feeling like, oh man, am I even that person? But what I want to tell you is that yes, you are that person and you being that person is actually incredibly important for your business. And this is a lesson that I'm telling myself right now (laughs) is me being my higher self or me really being as beautiful as I want to be or taking up space in the way that I want to take up space like me being this way is actually of service to my community because I'm showing them what's possible I can teach people way more about business by my own evolution than me even sitting here preaching even though I'm not embodying it so big big lessons and my message to you is if you're feeling imposter syndrome If you're feeling like, oh my gosh, this is big boss energy. This is like really a lot. I want you to think about it like, good. Embrace those feelings because there's a transformation available to you. Think about it also as getting a new job. It's like when you hire, when you apply for a new job, you don't need to have all of the qualifications. As long as you have half of them, the other half are going to come through and you'll grow into that role. And that's the same thing with getting your content back or entrepreneurship or raising your prices is that, yes, you do want to feel imposter syndrome because that's how you're going to grow and it can look in many different ways. So, all right. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you found value in this, go ahead and write me on Instagram. It means the world connecting with you guys to see how this is helping you out. Even if you don't plan on being a client of mine, even if you're like, I'm not in a place right now to invest into brand photography, that's okay. I really just enjoy being in conversation and understanding what resonates with you. Other than that, thank you for being here and I'll catch you on the next episode.